Hey family, it's Natalie Valle and this is Practical Alchemy, the podcast. I am a multidisciplinary healer and practitioner here to empower you with insightful, powerful, and heart-centered conversations. Our goal here at Practical Alchemy is to share stories, tools, and modalities from experts, teachers, mentors, and friends to help alchemize your life and to remind you that you're always on your journey to evolution and you're not alone in it. We'll dive into topics ranging from wellness, healing, spirituality, dharma, relationships, manifestation, and so much more. Thank you for being a part of this beautiful, supportive community. I can't wait to connect with you in real life at events, retreats, trainings, courses. Thanks for being here and enjoy the show. Hi, my loves, and welcome. We are in Libra season to put a timestamp on it. Today is my birthday, the day of this release, this drop, my very first episode here at Practical Alchemy. And even though moving forward, I will be likely interviewing either friends of mine, mentors of mine, teachers, and people who inspire me, people who inspire you, people who you want to see on the podcast. Today's episode is really just an intimate, personal conversation between you and me, me, myself, and the mic, and I just wanted to introduce myself in a raw, authentic form, share a little bit about my story, how I got to where I am, figuratively and literally speaking, currently sitting at the Allo HQ recording studio. Shout out Aloe Yoga. Love you guys. And I'm excited to dive in. So without further ado, let's get into it. Enjoy this episode. Before we dive in, I would love to take a breath together. So wherever you are, whether you're walking, you're driving, you're relaxing, go ahead and just exhale all of the air out. And we'll take a deep breath in together. okay beautiful wow i can't believe the day is finally here so welcome my name is natalie i am the founder of love and alchemy and your host here at practical alchemy and i'm currently sitting in the aloe yoga headquarters recording studio And I can't wait to get into all of the things, all of the things, all of the moments that led up to this moment. You just heard my laptop turn on. And I just, I'm just so grateful, so, so eternally grateful, A, that you're listening wherever you are, that you are trusting me with this little pocket of time in your day. I'm grateful for the universe supporting this beautiful new seed that is now sprouting and emerging out of the soil (laughs) 
It's been setting roots behind the scenes for a little while now. I've been saying that I've been feeling called to to start this and podcasting really is a medium that I felt so aligned with as it is sound. <laughs> I am a sound healer. I am a Reiki master, a yoga meditation teacher, and a Dharma coach in training. So sound is is the first modality that I really began with and it's the modality that speaks to me in so many levels so to be in this medium of sound connecting with you just felt so aligned and it's been really beautiful to allow the unfoldment of this podcast to take place because really when I started thinking about starting a podcast I had no real plan I had no real also action that I was putting into it it was more so this thought this thing I would say and journal about and as always trusting trusting the divine timing of the natural unfoldment of how life and and how our dharma unfolds there was a day when I finally was I dropped in and and I said I'm ready okay I'm ready I'm gonna start the podcast Within that week, I got to give a shout out to my girls, Lindsay and Krista, over at Almost 30 Podcasts. They launched this podcast intensive course that I joined. And that week that I joined, I had been doing work here at Aloe. I've been working with Aloe uh, with their corporate team for some time, offering healing sessions in their office, doing activations at their events. Aloe is, is such a beautiful brand that I, I am so grateful for all of their support and, and just bringing me into their family. And I was at headquarters speaking with somebody and we were just chatting about life and they were like, what are you up to? And I told them I'm starting a podcast. And that same week, I think, was the week that Aloe had opened and and basically started their recording studio because they themselves started a podcast when I spoke that the person I was speaking with responded with well why don't you record here and it was that moment of a wink from the universe of being like yes you are supported in this and this is exactly what you're meant to be doing right now so before I knew it, I was in this course learning how to podcast all of the logistics, all the technical components that go into it. And I was basically gifted this beautiful recording studio. Aloe is my recording studio sponsor at this point. And it was just that moment of, of yes, this is happening. So here we are. That is a very short and long story long of how this all came about. And I'm so excited to bring on here some guests that are, some are friends of mine, some are teachers of mine, some are mentors, and, and others are individuals who I admire and have really incredible work that they are sharing with the collective. And really the goal here is to share tools share experiences, share stories that can transform and ultimately alchemize your life as you listen and 
you can treat this like a buffet of of all the things that all the tools all the modalities and and you can take what you like you can incorporate what resonates with your palate and who knows use this as a place of inspiration as a place of of remembering that you're not alone on this journey and together the ultimate goal of helping raise consciousness together whether you listen to this and and you take these seeds and share them and implement them in your life or you share an episode with a friend a loved one that really resonated with you or you think that this is something that could really resonate with them because of their current experience whatever it might be so this will be a process of unfolding of uncovering together whether you have been connected with me on social, whether you have been receiving my emails, or maybe we've met in person at an event, I'm so, so eternally grateful that you're here and you're a part of this community. And I'm also excited to share more about my personal journey with you, as I think this is such a beautiful platform to also connect a little deeper and the things that I will share I think will probably be really organic and fluid as they come up um, I for this first episode I, I wanted it to be an introduction to me whether whether we know each other whether you're familiar with my work or maybe this is the very first time I wanted it to be an opportunity to share a little bit about my story how I ended up at this place, the origins of love and alchemy. And as much as I I take on the archetype of a teacher and a mentor, I always say first and foremost that I am a student, a student of life, a student of the light, and I will forever be a student. And we all are. We're learning from our own experiences, from our peers, from courses from practices and for me I would say where to begin right so I am of Mayan descent I was raised in El Salvador which is a country in Central America beautiful little country with mountains a volcano with lakes so lush so green and that is where both of my parents and their parents and all well not all my ancestors but a lot of my ancestors are from and i was born in virginia that's where my parents met so when my parents were very young their respective families immigrated to the united states during the civil war in el salvador it was a pretty tragic war as as most are and their families fled seeking refuge seeking safety my grandparents were looking for a better place for their children to to live and to thrive so as most migrations go i think that perhaps both of my parents respective parents had family friends that lived in virginia they'd heard about virginia and ultimately a really beautiful um, community of Salvadorians began to form in Virginia and that's where 
both of my parents and their families ended up. That's where they landed. That's where they put down roots. So now most of my relatives are actually in Virginia in the United States, which is on the East Coast, for those of you that are not from the U.S. or or live here. And it's a beautiful place, and that's where I was born. And when I turned about one, right around the time I was born, I think the peace treaty was signed and a lot began to shift in the political climate in El Salvador. So my parents thought, let's move back. Let's raise our children in our home country and our motherland and have them learn the language, their their native language. Well, <laughs> not quite native that's another topic for another day but the language that they were raised knowing and we moved we moved and that's where I was raised and I'm so grateful for that gift that my parents gave me to be able to grow up in my home country and with it came a lot of beauty and and also seeing a lot of the reality of of living in a place like El Salvador where the gap the the gap in society is so big and and you have real poverty there and also you have people who who live simple lives and they tend to the land and and they're happy and they're so connected to the earth and Pachamama and move with her cycles and you have the city. <laughs> I was raised in San Salvador, which is the, the capital of El Salvador. And it's a city. It's a total city. You have highways. You have tons of cars. You have pollution. You have high rises, hotels, restaurants, all the things. Beautiful place, El Salvador. I I love, love, love my country. And also, I I, I suffer with it. There's still a lot that needs to be done there to really support the people and bring more peace into into society there. But that's where I was raised, and Spanish was my first language. I didn't really speak English until I was 12 years old, and around that time, a lot was starting to happen within my family unit, and... The country had become quite unstable again because of the gangs that were freed from the L.A. County jails, you know, to El Salvador as free men. And and it was the MS-13, a a really, um, a really notorious gang. And it got really dangerous. So at the same time a lot of earthquakes began to happen i think the strongest one was like a seven point pretty high on on the scale um for a month actually i was 11 at the time when the earthquake started to erupt when the plates underneath started to move there was a month i think if not several weeks where we actually slept on the bed of my dad's truck because we lived on a mountain and and our hope was that if another one erupted we could outrun the landslide so pretty intense period of my life so given the safety component and the earthquakes i think my parents just thought you know what it's time all their brothers and sisters were in in the state so we moved back 
and we moved to Florida. So when I was 12, we moved to Florida and I was put right into elementary school, co-ed, public school system. In El Salvador, I grew up going to an all-girls Catholic school. That's all I knew. So my very first experience of spirituality was under the category of religion, and it was Catholicism and evangelism, actually. My dad at the time was dabbling with different denominations of Christianity, really had a coming to God, coming to Jesus moment, as people like to say, and it honestly saved his life. I'm grateful that he had that. And also, it put me in a position where I was, you know, learning Catholicism during the week, um, praying to the saints, to Mother Mary with the rose rosary, uh, and then on the weekends going to different denominations, different branches of Christianity, and learning kind of conflicting philosophies and, and perspectives. So that was really interesting for me to grow up in this place of, having to define my own truth about what I thought God was and how to communicate with God, right? So, yeah, moving to Florida, going to the public school system and kind of having my whole life uprooted where I didn't know the language, where I was also starting to go through puberty. It was a very interesting, very delicate time of my life. And I'm really grateful that I was a quick learner. I learned English rather quickly. And then pretty soon it became the only language I spoke, which we'll talk about in a moment. I think a lot of my first generation fellow Latinas and Latinos and, and probably definitely from other countries as well can share similar experiences where you try to assimilate to the country and their their spoken language and for me it was English so I totally stopped speaking Spanish my parents wanted us to learn so at home they just spoke to us in English and I forgot about my roots for a while I almost lost my Spanish for a while um, but that was that was when I was 12 and I lived in Florida for for some time and that pivotal moment of that transition is what actually kicked off my my going into my preteen teenage years and was also simultaneously when I began to notice the changes in my physical body and I started to develop and I was really uncomfortable in my skin and, and I adopted that mindset that I was uncomfortable in my skin and my body started to change and I think I think a lot a lot of a lot of teenagers go through this I know I'm not alone in it but thus began my relationship with with food and it was not a healthy relationship it was a rather a toxic relationship and thus began my my need to control right my need to control what I looked like what I ingested what I the image that I put out to the world um yeah and and it was a pretty rapid spiral because 
that's when I also started to decide for myself that I was going to become a vegetarian. And I decided I was going to become vegetarian and I was quite little, actually. <laughs> I witnessed um, how they traditionally will, will take a chicken from the coop and, and the process that it goes through so that it can be served for dinner. And the way that I experienced it, I think, just scarred me a little bit when I was really young. So I, I started to, to toy with the idea of I don't want to eat animals. Um, and that was just a personal choice. You know, my family still continued to eat our traditional dishes, our traditional food, which are very meat heavy and uh, no judgment, of course. I, I honor whatever people's relationship to that is. But yeah, that when I was around 12, 13 is, is actually when when I started to develop what I later learned was an eating disorder. And it was for a while starving myself and, and depriving myself of food. And I started attaching value to my image, to what I looked like. And I started to get feedback from what I would see in the magazines and the movies of what society defined as beauty. And I began to adopt it for, for my own philosophy of what I defined as beauty. And that obviously started to create a pretty big hole within my soul and my heart of lacking of self-love that was the root of it all I didn't love myself I didn't love who I was I didn't love that I was different and I didn't love that I had an accent so I worked really hard to get rid of it I didn't love that I didn't grow up in the same way that my peers did. So I became ashamed of the way that I grew up in a different country, speaking a different language, going to different schools. And, you know, I, I, I think it was also so internalized, right? I wouldn't really share this with my mom or my parents or my friends. It was something I just internalized for so long. And as I got older, when I was 14 and I started high school, as I mentioned, I developed quite early. So I knew that I got attention from from boys. And, and I knew that it was because of the way that I looked and, and the way that I wore my makeup and the way that my clothes would would fit me. And there continued the, the, the feeding of into that belief that my valley was attached to what I looked like. And of course, because at a subconscious level, there was such a yearning to fill that void when I was introduced to mind-altering substances that made me feel good, that, that filled that void, I became just enthralled by them. So... I started experimenting with substances at quite a young age and you know I, I would it would be social so I thought it was okay and and my peers were doing it so I thought it was okay and at the same time <laughs> I have such a sensitive system and I always have 
So me blacking out or or getting sick was a very common thing that happened very often. And when I think now, if I was to do like brain scanning or brain imaging, I I, I would <laughs> I just pray for my brain and and I do so much visualization around healing my brain. But yeah, and I share this part of myself because I know that there are people out there who have shared similar experiences, whether they were young or those experiences came when they were older. And I share them with you because I have found a place of empowerment today where where my story is my story and I own it and I don't say and I don't share it to to get pity or or to say woe is me I share it because I feel so empowered by it because I feel so grateful that given all of those given that hole that I dug myself in not only was I able to 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 get out of it I was also able to learn from it and be a better person because of it so Fast forward to graduating high school, fast forward to college, I was still deep in this party girl phase and, you know, I, I loved having a good time and, and I also loved music. I loved going to shows and I still do. I love going to music festivals. So those substances and, and shows and music festivals kind of go hand in hand. So I kind of developed this habit of, of going to shows, going to music festivals. And that was what I did every weekend. And don't get me wrong, it was so fun. And, and I would maybe do it all again, just not the same. Uh, not the same for sure. But when I was in college, I was in a really toxic relationship. I was really just trying to find myself. I think that there was this part of me that knew this isn't you. This is not your authentic expression. This isn't fulfilling and you aren't happy. And by the grace of God, by the grace of the universe, I stumbled upon a exercise elective, an exercise elective. So I needed a credit and I decided to do an exercise elective. And that exercise elective was basically Pilates and yoga. That teacher, I forget her name, but she is a saint. She was one of my angels that was sent to me and she introduced me to yoga. So I was introduced to yoga when I was 19 or 20 and I remember my very first Shavasana I still I, I remember the song that was played too like I still listen to it every once in a while it's called Smoky Taboo it's it's a it's an eclectic one for sure but I will never forget my very first Shavasana and that experience of feeling so safe in my body and feeling so quiet and feeling so still and feeling so good and thus began my healing journey through yoga yoga will always be my first love because of that and through yoga I learned to appreciate the ways in which my body moves and and I learned the power of the breath and this teacher, she was incredible and really just kind of set me off on this new path. And, and after 
the semester had ended, I just, I fell in love with yoga. I started going to yoga classes. I started reading about the yogic philosophy and and I decided I'm going to do yoga teacher training. That's it. I'm going to do yoga teacher training and I that's what I wanted to do. And at this at around this time, I was graduating from college. So I studied international business with a focus on Mandarin Chinese. So I speak a little bit of Mandarin. Um and I studied abroad in China, which there are no accidents, right? Life can only be understood backwards. That also was an introduction for me into Buddhism and Taoism. And it was beautiful. I remember going to the temples and just sitting in silence and, and, and just watching in awe these temples. They were so stunning. And the energy there was so calming. So when I graduated college, I didn't really know what I wanted to do with my life. I had been the president of the International Business Board at the University of South Florida, so I had some connections in my network. So I thought, I at the time, I, I was connected with the Dale Carnegie organization, the training organization. I had done some work with them. I had had them speak at some of my conferences, my events for, for the International Business Board. And I really loved what they did. I really loved that they helped people with public speaking, with confidence, with with engaging, with really just... So Dale Carnegie wrote the book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Um, and a wonderful book, a lot of, a lot of really cool um, tips and, and the psychology behind it. Um, it's yeah it's been around for a long time so I thought I was going to go work with them so I reached out to the president of the Tampa international business board of the Tampa Dale Carnegie and I said hey I want to work with you guys I am happy to come on board in whatever capacity you guys need and they were like well what about sales you know you're personable what about sales and I said okay whatever you guys want at the same time that toxic relationship that I was in um, it started to dissolve. So this relationship that I was in, we don't have to go into it too much. And obviously, I'm so grateful for, for that part of my life. That individual taught me so, so, so much. But it was starting to dissolve and in a really painful way for me. So um, one day, I said, you know what? there's nothing in Florida for me anymore. I need a new city. I need a new start. And something within me was like, LA, you're moving to LA. Now I know that that was my higher self being like, hey, honey, yeah, you're right. (laughs) It's time to move. And in my heart, I thought Los Angeles. I'd never been to LA. Didn't know anyone who lived in LA. But I was like, you know what? I think it's Los Angeles. And my very best friend, my she's been my best friend since we were, since I was, we were 14. We're the same age. Marilyn, shout out Marilyn. I love you. <laughs> she called me one day, like within that week. And she goes, hey, Tally. My friends call me Tally. She goes, hey, Tally. 
um, I think I'm going to go to LA in a few months. If you want to come with me, I'm going to go apartment hunting, but maybe you can come with me and just keep me company. And I said, hold the phone. You're moving to LA? And she was like, I think so. And I was like, Marilyn, I'm moving to LA too. And she was like, what do you mean? And I told her, I, there's something in me that that's pulling me to Los Angeles. And that was another wink from the universe of my soul sister being like, I'm going to, we're going together. And if it wasn't for her, I don't know that I would have made it out here because we kept each other accountable. Anytime I'd be like, oh, I don't know. Like, what am I going to go do? I don't know anyone out there. She'd be like, all right, like I'm booking my flight. Did you book yours? And I'd say, okay, yep, I'm booking it. (laughs) So it was this really beautiful support from the universe bestowed upon me through Marilyn. And that was it. I sold my car and I was like, well, I don't know what I'm going to go do, but I know that there is a Dale Carnegie uh, training organization out in Los Angeles. So maybe I'll just email the president and pitch myself and say, you should hire me. (laughs) They were going to hire me in Tampa, but you should hire me in L.A. So that's literally what I did. I emailed them. I pitched myself and lo and behold, they were like, sounds good. We'll hire you. And that was it. I I moved to LA. I didn't know where I was going to live. So I still needed to go interview actually with Dale Carnegie in LA, but they gave me, they opened the door. They said, sure, come out. Let's have an interview. Let's see what you've got. And when I got to LA, I interviewed and they gave me the role. They gave me the position and I was so happy so excited because I also got to take all the Dale Carnegie trainings which was such a gift because they are so so powerful and I had my very best friend I had two thousand dollars to my name which a couple months after we moved we bought Coachella tickets so I had fifteen hundred dollars to my name (laughs) and before I knew it I, I had a job and that was it I was in Los Angeles just kind of open I, I I was open right that was that was the first ingredient of this alchemy I was open and it's such a key ingredient in any form of alchemy just being open having no expectations and saying you know what I'm open to receive whatever it is that I am meant to receive yeah And being in L.A., Los Angeles is the ultimate buffet of wellness. Anything you could want, anything you could think of, it's here. From goat yoga (laughs) to breath work to the most incredible teachers. So naturally, I started exploring, right? I had this new love that was yoga. I was still so early on in my yoga journey. I started exploring and I found Wanderlust Studio in Hollywood. Oh, Wanderlust. Shout out Wanderlust. You guys are my first home. My first home in LA. And found some incredible teachers. And I found one of my yoga mentors who I actually 
started working more closely with her at one of my jobs. So I, I stayed in sales for, for a while, actually, for some time. I started working uh, after Dale Carnegie. I decided, you know what, I really want to work for a startup. I want a younger, more fast-paced environment. So I started, I found this role at a healthy snack company, which was my second home <laughs> in LA. First home, Wanderlust, second home, Snack Nation. Shout out my snack people. And that's where I met my husband. That's where I met Tyler, my now husband. That's where I met one of my dear sisters, like six of my dear sisters. What am I saying? That's where I met my girl gang, my, my sisterhood that has anchored me and rooted me and supported me through all these years in L.A., And I, you know, I was there for some time and then I decided, you know, I think I'm going to stay in sales. I think that's where the money is. I'm going to follow the money because that's what I think will make me happy. Hint, I was wrong. (laughs) But I thought software sales, that's where I need to go. Either tech, software sales, data, whatever. So I moved into tech, still wasn't happy. So then I said, universe... I am calling in a role where I can be in sales. It's in the health and wellness industry, and it's a company that I love, and I can work from home. So I got a role at ClassPass, and it was my dream company. I loved working for ClassPass. So while I was working in sales, crushing it, being so stressed every month but you know doing the thing I was also practicing a lot of yoga I was going to a lot of meditation classes sound baths and around this time it was maybe five years ago my yoga mentor at the time approached me and she said hey you know I'm doing a sound peeler training over the summer that I'm taking and for some reason I felt called to invite you to do it with me and I was like what sound healing I mean I love sound baths but no I'm doing yoga teacher training like I've been saving money I am doing yoga teacher training at Wanderlust but you know I'll sleep on it I had missed the deadline to sign up for yoga teacher training so I couldn't do yoga teacher training that year and then something within me was like curious curious about this sound healer training so I wake up and I was like you know what I woke up the next morning after speaking with her and I was like you know what I think I think this feels like a yes so I look it up I look at the info and the teacher who was leading the training was none other than Lauren Wagner who was the very first, my very first sound bath I I attended was hers. And I was like, you know what? There is something here. I don't know what it is, but I'm going to take a leap. So I signed up. Day one of sound healer training, something was ignited within me. I just remember this feeling of, oh, this feels like home. This feels good. And no agenda, 
no expectation. I just, I fell in love. So when I graduated, I got some classic frosted singing bowls. I got a Venus gong. I got all the works. I got all the instruments. And before I knew it, I had studios reaching out saying, hey, do you want to lead a sound bath this weekend in my studio? It was this really organic unfoldment of opportunities to hold space started popping up into my field. And yeah, one day I was like, you know, I really need to, I think I need to start an Instagram for for my sound healing offerings because my personal page was just my personal page. And I was like, what am I going to call it? And then out of nowhere, love and alchemy just popped up into my head. Well, popped into my heart, popped from my heart up into my head. (laughs) And that was it. That was the genesis of love and alchemy, I think, back in 2018. And from that point, love and alchemy just kind of took a life of its own. I was there showing up being in service and love and alchemy just kind of started to sprout on its own and i was just there witnessing surrendering to it so fast forward my role at class pass i because i spoke spanish they actually sent me to class pass sent me to madrid to spain to launch ClassPass in Spain. And that was within my first several months of working there. And goodness, that was so much fun. And remember earlier how I said I almost lost my Spanish? I still hadn't really regained it until I went to Spain for a month and a half and spoke Spanish every day. And not only spoke Spanish, but spoke business lingo in Spanish, spoke software lingo in Spanish, talking integrations, APIs. So that rekindled that part of my brain that was so strong for so long. And that also rekindled my coming home to my roots, which we'll save this for another episode because that is in itself such a beautiful aspect of my journey, my homecoming. But after Spain, I went to Amsterdam to expand class pass in Amsterdam. So if you ever go to Madrid or Amsterdam and go to a studio, I probably spoke with them and and I hope that you enjoy because the studios out there are amazing. <laughs> and also, minor class pass plug will forever love class pass. Check it out. And I was working at my dream company, my dream job. I studied international business and here I was doing business internationally. And something within me was still saying, Natalie, sis, this ain't it. So when the pandemic hit, when quarantine hit and studios shut down, I was kind of, my role really changed within the organization. And 
I was a very early adopter of offering my offerings virtually because I still felt so called then more than ever to offer a container for people to to feel calm, to feel at peace, to meditate, to feel held. So I started offering a lot of sound baths online and I was kind of in this world of my offerings were were more frequent, more often. My my community was was really growing and I was in this place with my career where I felt like this is an align this is not an alignment anymore. So fast forward to this mar this past March, March of twenty two, I said I'm taking the leap. I am I'm fully surrendering to love and alchemy. This beautiful energy that's been calling to me more and more every day, asking me to trust, asking me to surrender, asking me to be in service. And I'm trusting the universe. And I took the leap. <laughs> and now love and alchemy is is my my full full offering full time and it's ever changing it's ever evolving i mean now i am sitting here at allo headquarters recording this episode communicating with you through this channel through this medium feeling so grateful i'm also so grateful and proud to say that i stopped drinking about almost two years ago maybe a year and a half ago I lost track because it wasn't even a thing where I decided one day well it kind of was but I was I was flirting with sobriety for a while I knew I knew that I wanted to have a clear system a clear field for some time but I I haven't drank and goodness I don't I couldn't even tell you maybe it's been a year year and a half two years and I've really healed my relationship with my physical body through that as well and and really can honor this beautiful vessel as the chosen vessel in which I experience life in this lifetime as your body is for you and all of this to say that I'm still human I still make mistakes I'm still learning I'm still growing and I'm so excited to continue growing evolving with you and may we continue to grow and evolve together so that we can be way showers, so that we can carry the light and bring the light to so many who need it now more than ever. Mm. Wow. It feels so good to say that. It feels so empowering to, to know that I am co-creating my experience with the divine as are you. We are co-creators. We are all just unique emanations 
of the capital D Divine. Mm. In this temple, this vessel, this body, it is treasure. This life, it is treasure. It is a gift. Ah, and I think, I think I feel complete for my first episode. <laughs> Thank you for going through that roller coaster of tangents and peaks and valleys. Ah, oh, and you know, next episode, I would love to share with you what I've been going through most recently because life has really been so fun between getting married going on my honeymoon going to burning man i'm also in the midst of convincing my husband to come on here and record with me because i want i want you to meet him and the man carries so much wisdom so many earth codes that i can't wait for him to continue tapping into May you have a beautiful rest of your day, wherever you are, wherever you're tuning in from. May you remember that you always, always have angels all around you.